0: from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane.
1: Hey, welcome back. Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690. You know, I really enjoy talking about these topics. I know we do a sports show and uh, this kind of is... Side-by-side side with sports, and, and I know there are a lot of sports fans passionate about this issue, so I appreciate you hanging with us and, and talking a little bit about it. we we'll keep the conversation going a bit more. I do want to get into the coaches' search a little bit more, see if we are going to learn anything, and, and why the time might be taking a little bit more than normal over the next couple of days, or we might be waiting a long, long time. I'll give you my thought on that. Uh, and Austin had a good topic that we didn't get to yesterday. Are we living in just this unbelievable era of coaches, from Bill Belichick to Nick Saban and others, uh, especially on the football side? So uh, let's continue with the Lot J talk. Uh, Andrew's hanging on the line. Appreciate you hanging through the break, man. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Give us some of your thoughts.
0: Hey, guys. Great show. Thanks for taking okay. my call.
1: Um, so to me, this
0: deal with Lot J just seems so one-sided with the you know, the $65 million, um, what they call a breadbasket loan, interest-free loan, and then along with the subsidies that go along with it, um, you know, I'm just kind of curious why Shad, if this was so beneficial for the, for the city, didn't consider outside financing for the deal and, um, you know, why he's just kind of taking it off the table now and not willing to kind of renegotiate or take some concessions. Um, so I'm kind of curious what your, what your guys' um, thoughts are on that. And then secondly, I was kind of curious why there's been no stadium enhancements. Um, you know, I'm sure they can put up a canopy – to protect, you know, fans from the heat. I was down at a at a game in September, and it was like 100 degrees. So, it'd be nice not to uh, pass out from heat stroke. So,
2: just kind of curious. <laughs> Amen what to what that. What's your guys' man. thoughts
1: on that? <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate the call, man. Thanks for jumping in. Uh, you're welcome to jump into nine zero four three six two nine nine zero one. Getting a lot on uh, Twitter and, and Facebook and YouTube as well. So, we'll share some of those thoughts. Uh, awesome. I'm going to answer the first part, especially, yeah. and then we're going to get into the stadium. And it's, I think it's a fantastic view. Uh, a buddy of mine, by the way, I've had a lot of these conversations off the air with a lot of friends that, that quite frankly, I would say are a lot smarter than me and, sure. and probably know a lot more about it than me. Uh, and, and, but sometimes I, I like looking at it from not knowing all the, the devil in the details stuff too. And then we can go look at the details a little bit closer. But I have these conversations with some friends and one brought up yesterday. It's like, why, why doesn't he just go do it himself? He's got the money to do it. If he wants to do it, just privatize the whole thing. And, I think part of whatever, and this might answer Andrew's question, or I might sideswipe it, and I apologize if I do, but I think some of the way this was set up, I have two thoughts on it, and I have no idea if I'm fully right, but I have two big thoughts on it. One is... I bring you back to who's doing this, who's proposing these ideas, like who's walking into City Hall to the mayor and saying, hey, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm OK to write a check for 200 and something million if you guys do this and we do this. Well, I think they even said it in the council meeting, you know, developers going to go try to get the best deal, you know, and, and if there really isn't a lot of competition for that, well, that certainly puts the leverage on your side when you're willing to write that kind of check. And so I think that's part of it. I think the other part of it is, I think Shad, and this is what I think gets lost about Shad Khan, and I've long been a believer in this, I've talked to many people about this, and nobody has ever said anything different. And while I understand the narrative in the national scene, and the narrative sometimes around here, even last night when we said, Lot J fails, oh, there they go, they're going to London, he's moving them out of there. I can't tell you this enough, folks, that... Everything I have learned over the last however many years of being around Shad Khan does not speak to that. Everybody close to Shad Khan says he loves this place. And if I just take it from a logic point of view, and I'm a billionaire, and I have one of the top five growing cities in the country right now that's a blank canvas, even if my ego is talking, I can reshape a downtown that really doesn't have much right now. Why wouldn't I try to build that, even if that's just an ego thing? But I do think, secondly, I think it's mostly driven where he wants to see this place succeed. And so I think that is as genuine as genuine can be. And so, Austin, my thought on it is I think he wants the city to have some skin in the game. I think he doesn't want to just hand over however much money with them not having a skin in the game because then they'll just be the next time rolls around, hey, you do this again. I don't think they want to call this, you know, Shad Conville. I think he wants it to be Jacksonville. And so if you're going to do that, I think you need to have skin in the game if you're the city. That's my point of view on it. Again, that's I've I've kind of I've I've thought about this a lot. Like why wouldn't he just go do it more? Or or why does that sixty five million dollar loan matter or and so from his standpoint, I believe, again, I, I don't know this part, but I am speculating that I think he wants the city to have skin in the game because this is just the start. This isn't going to be the last time they do a deal together.
2: Yeah, listen, I mean, first of all, so your first point. Like, I don't think Shad Khan wants to go either. But, like, I feel like the narrative all the time is that if we don't appease him, then he's going to pack up and leave. Like, what, would you agree with that or not? Well, or do you I, think that, that that's completely drawn out? I think it's fair to wonder what it is.
1: Like, I can't tell you today how Shad Khan is feeling. I don't know if he's pissed. I don't know if he's like, well, whatever, that didn't work on to the next thing. I, I don't know. I, I really don't. I, and not many people are close to Shad, so... I don't know if anybody has a good feel for that, but I will say this. How many times are you going to say no to a guy that wants to spend but, that kind Brent, of money?
2: Yeah, but Brent, we're not, we're not seeing like, – I don't think those city council members – and listen, maybe they have a vendetta against Shad Khan. I don't no, think that's don't the think so. case. Okay, no, so, no. so that's not the case. No. And it's not the city saying, no, Shad, you can't do that. Okay, it's just like the fact of – let's bring football into it, right, because we're a sports show, so let's compare it to football real quick. Yannick Ngakwe. He wanted to get a new contract. He wanted to get paid. He said, "Pay me this much. I'm worth this much. Pay me right now." And whether it was Shad Khan or the people that Shad Khan put in charge, what do they say? They said, uh, "That's too rich for our blood. We're not going to pay you that deal. Best of luck to you." It was never, uh, it, it was never a personal uh, against Yannick Ngakwe. They just didn't think it was a good deal for yeah. what, for, yeah. what for Yannick Ngakwe brought to the table. They thought the price range that he was asking for it just wasn't a good deal. Well, it's the same thing right now with this Lot J thing. It, it, it's not a, a big middle finger to Shad Khan saying, no, man, we don't want your money. You'd be stupid not to have Shad Khan help this city out. But once again, it's just it wasn't a good deal. Or so people that voted no thought that. It's as simple as that. It's, not, it's nothing personal. This is business, and I think Shad Khan should understand that more than anybody. Now, I'm not blaming Shad Khan for the deal that he kind of struck up with Lenny Curry or whoever the idea was because he's a businessman, and on his side, it was a genius deal. No interest? Are you kidding me? Anybody would sign up for that. You'd be a fool not to. But at the end of the day, you got to keep in mind, does it work for both sides? And I think this vote shows that it didn't work for one side. It's it, nothing personal with Shad Khan.
1: Also, I love the analogy. It's a great analogy, but I'm just going to twist it a little. Well, not twist it. I'm just going to say this about the analogy, because this is where I think it differs. I think if Yannick Ngakwe is the only pass rusher that exists over the next three or four or five years, well, guess what? They might have had to pay him the money, because it's an important position. So my point being, I, I, I get it, you can't just give everything away. I understand there's negotiations and all that, the discussions, and still a good deal is important. But I'm telling you, guys walking down the street saying, I'll help with 200-something million, isn't happening all the time. There's more pass rushers than billionaires walking through Jacksonville saying, I want to commit a couple hundred million dollars to downtown.
2: Okay, See, that's well what then, I think the well, difference is. Well, then we'll say Jalen Ramsey. Because there's, there's only one Jalen Ramsey in the league, I feel like. And then we can compare it to that. Yeah,
1: uh, that's a better example, probably. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> but I mean, there's still there's still Xavier Howard, <laughs> right? Mm, I mean, they did go draft.
2: They tried, one, you, can try, Ramsey, bro. you can try. You could try C.J. Henderson. <laughs> yeah, no, no, for sure you can try him. But I'm just saying, right now in the league, there's only one Jalen Ramsey. So, so now,
1: what? Uh, again, my concern is not that the Jags are going to move. My concern is does this set the table a few years down the road that the next time a deal gets done, there's more angst, whatever it is, political angst, against the mayor angst, the deal's not good enough angst, whatever it is, that it doesn't get done again. And then when does that come to a point where you're like, all right, we tried for three years to get Lache, didn't happen. We tried for another however many years to get the shipyards, didn't happen. Onto let, the stadium. Is that even going to happen? Let you me know. So you th- where does that And I'm not sure where it does. And, again, I'm not saying I know how Shad feels about this. I just think that's a reasonable curiosity is how many times you can say no to a guy that's trying to do stuff.
3: You
2: L- know? L- let me pose this question to you. And, obviously, earlier on the show I said it's not just about this football team. It's about everybody that lives downtown. It's about the entire community. But then let's make it more of a football thing real quick. If the Jacksonville Jaguars went to the playoffs this year, do you think the vote would have went the same? <laughs> it's well, uh, no, uh,
1: I don't. I think they would have passed. Okay. Um, I think I don't know where you're going with this from your point of view, but well, I'm just s- I'm going to say go I on. think, <laughs> I, I think there are four. I'm going to go back to the beginning of the show, too, just so, because I know people are jumping in, yeah. and this is quick. I think there are four ways, right? four, four, four crowds of people. One says, let's do it. Let's just get it done, damn it. Let's do it. One says, I don't trust the city officials. Mayor, everybody, I don't trust it right now. One says, well, we don't need to do that. Like we, we got these little projects, and Jacksonville's fine the way it is and all that stuff. I believe that that portion exists. And then the other portion does exist, says, you guys have lost 11 out of 12 years. You just went 1 in 15. I've already given you a lot of money in my season tickets. I don't believe in anything you're doing. So if I say that those are the four factions of people, I believe there would have been more momentum from the public, which then impacts the city council, to say, let's do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And to be honest with you, I feel like today that's a little bit of the shame in not getting it done, because this has been a fun as hell two weeks of the off season, and it kind of stymied that a little bit, you know. Like so, I, I I'd be lying if I didn't say that part kind of was like it hit the brakes on a on a fun off season so far, in my opinion. Sure. Um, but I understand the two two are separate. Uh, but so to answer your question, I would say, yeah, I think it would have been a more favorable position to be in, and I think they only needed one more vote, man. And yeah. so I think, yeah, going to the playoffs this past year or, or maybe the last couple of years, I think it would have swung that
2: vote. So then th- this is where I was going with it in terms of the shipyards, right? Like the, the past is prologue and all that good stuff, but you don't want to repeat what just happened if you're ShotCon. Right. So obviously, because let's be honest here. I mean, and listen, he's a billionaire for a reason. That guy knows more about business and being successful than I can know in 25 lifetimes. All right. So I'm in no way, uh, no shape, no form to tell Shad Khan how to run things at all. I'm in no place to do that. But all I'm saying is, is you have to take a look at what just happened with Lot J. You didn't get what you wanted, obviously. Right. Okay. bummer. You got to move on. What did you learn from it? All right, well, number one, maybe we've got to have a better deal next time. Maybe we have to have some better leadership um, and maybe go through the, the proper channels next time. But also, when you do come around again and you have another vote, ask yourself if the team is successful or not. Ask yourself if there's hype around this city right now. Because, like I said, it's not all about football. But if you're Shad Khan, I think it has to be. Because if you're trying to create a buzz, if you're trying to create hope, um, and you're trying to create people to kind of vote your way – then a winning product on the field can cure a lot of that stuff it's not everything because once again it's not just about football but that's the difference between in my opinion two three maybe even four votes
1: yeah well it's interesting and and i agree with you to a sense you know so much so that i had this conversation with somebody yesterday and we brought it up on the air uh and and i kind of i was trying to play it from like the uh pr perspective right and somebody said maybe they should announce urban (laughs) <laughs> tomorrow, I mean, sorry, uh, yesterday, yeah, and and before the vote, so there's like yeah. this overwhelming possibility, yeah, and and I was like, well, I think there's a, this is my, uh, I'm just being honest, like a private conversation, uh, and I said, well, here's the thing, say Urban's coming and they got them locked in, but I think they feel like they got the vote, and, and again, if you watched that meeting last night, there were a lot of council members who even voted no yeah. that thought they had the vote, and so I said th- they think they have the vote, well. It's still gonna be a bit contentious on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. The other side's gonna be like, Oh, it's a bad deal for the city and well then you can from a PR standpoint, say, hey, we got Urban Meyer
2: today, and then everybody feels but, better. Hey, hey, I'm telling you right now, a <laughs> wasted opportunity. The, the, they should have brought out Urban Meyer and Sting from AEW on the same night. Could you imagine the <laughs> trending buzz from that? There's no way that would have been voted no. That and, would have been a heck of a 24-hour. Oh Could you imagine, imagine the news cycle? It's all Jacksonville. And then maybe Brett Durst announces that Limp Bizkit's going to have a reunion concert. I mean, game over. Vote for whatever you want to vote for. Hey, I really
1: respect how much people know about this topic and have, have uh, they're not just talking about it last night or whatever and, and they really do know some of the weeds of this stuff um we don't cover politics all the time so one of the things i did ask a, a, about a couple of different ways from whether it's reporters or, or, or other, other people uh today is like well what about this whole transparency thing and like I felt like it hurt people's feelings on the council that they weren't involved earlier in the process. Mm. And I think that's what came across to me, at least, listening to the council meeting, that, that it was like, well, why didn't you include us more? We wanted to be in the loop more. And, and of course, that goes to taxpayers and the citizens and everything else. But I was told, and I know this was a bigger scale project, so I don't know if it's fully apples to apples. I'm just sharing what, what I learned on that front. It was like, hey, this was the same process that the video boards and Daly's place and other projects like that happened. It was a negotiation with the mayor's office in downtown before it went to city council and then got approved. Mm-hmm. So I guess from that standpoint, I think there's a little bit of a narrative like they tried to swindle the deal. And I don't really think that's the case. I don't. Um, I think part, partly people feel that way because of the JEA stuff. And, and I think that gets tied in the events of the last... uh... A year or so, and so that dr- distrust that they talked about at that council meeting, kind of what I said, the 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 belief and trust in the politicians. There's a section that people don't want to do this stuff right now because of what has transpired in the last year. I think that does exist, but I don't know if that was an apples to apples type thing that narrative because I think they've done other projects the same exact way, and and people
2: approved it. No, it, true. I mean, the, this is obviously this could be a, considered a bigger project, though, and so maybe this obviously one, there's a lot the more dollars, boards, you know, and, and then that's the Absolutely. thing, Brent. When there's a lot of money involved a lot of the city's money um listen whether you're purchasing a new car you're signing a contract with work or whatever the case may be or you're talking about millions and millions of dollars for a lot j uh thing um people gotta be behind the scenes like people want their hands on it they want to know what they're getting into and if people on that board or that council thought you know what i have no idea what's going on right now this doesn't feel right then I can see why they voted no, just like where if I'm trying to sign up for a new car or something like that and all the fine print is kind of like, you know, there's some iffy stuff here. I'm not going to buy a new car, and that could be like a $15,000 car. We're talking about millions and millions and millions of dollars towards a city.
1: Yeah, uh, let me ask you this real quick, Uh, and I I don't think we have the details of anything. We know, I think it was, uh, they said, second quarter, 2023, conversations about a stadium will then take place. Should they just do it now? Should we start exploring the stadium stuff now? Um, are you talking about, like,
2: renovating the stadium? Well, yeah, it's going to be yeah. a renovation. All yeah, right, yeah, the, idea, yeah. the
1: discussions have been a renovation. We're not talking about a $2.3 billion stadium sure. that gets redone. We're talking about, I think there's a structure there that they feel like they can renovate, much like the Dolphins have done. Sure. I think it was, uh, oh, shoot, I, I forget the dollars, but we're talking probably four or $500 million um, that they did, and they put the kind of that canopy... Shading over it, and it's really nice down there in South Florida. Well,
2: and now. and that'd be the big part to me, right? Because you could say, well, you know, do you build kind of like the underground part of a stadium, right? Because Jacksonville is unique in the fact that there is no underground means for the bus to go, right? Like if you want to see your favorite away opponents, you can wait by the fence and watch them come out of the locker room. Usually, how it works is there's an underground, yeah. um, you know, thing. So, I mean, you could build that, but like at the end of the day, I'm talking about the the internal stuff of the stadium, the locker rooms, and things like that. I mean, at least from my perspective, and I've been in there before obviously a couple times. Um that's fine to me. Like to me it's about taking care of your fans and that's where the canopies come in. So yeah. to so, so to answer your question um, should they add on, should they start the renovations? I think if you want to add the canopies, I think if you want to add shade and take care of your fans, then absolutely. But then definitely do it, Um get out in front of it. I think if we're talking about more of the internal stuff um, as opposed to the cosmetic stuff, then I think you can maybe pump your brakes a little bit and wait on that. But I think if you're into making the fans happy, then yeah, get the canopies. They're obviously asking for it. It's a real thing. It's hot as hell in the summertime. Take care of them. Yeah, and by the way,
1: we finally got to Andrew's question about that. And sorry it took so long, but I, I think uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think part of it, Austin, is more than that. I do think it's the underbelly of the stadium. I, I think it looks good on Gabe the, the the stadium. Yeah. I think the canopy stuff or the whatever it is to hide some of that east side shade uh, or sun is certainly an issue with the fans, and there's plenty of feedback on that. But I also think there's things that we're missing as well. Like even if you've been to Dallas. Uh, Oh shoot. Why not? I'm going to miss some of these. Maybe it's Atlanta. Some of the stadiums that we've been to, the newer stadiums, they have like field level suites now. Yeah. You know? Yep. You know how they carved out like that little area in the south end zone? Yeah. yeah you know they knocked sure. that down. So they have more of those that are suites. Well, suites are premium seating. Suites and premium seating are more dollars, you know? Yeah. So so there's that part of it too. it's not just the underbelly and getting a bus to drop off the, the guys right at the locker room and and all those other things. There is that. But I think there's so much more to it, and that's why the cost is going to be pretty expansive. One other thing about the stadium, at least I heard before when we asked this question about Lot J, is I think there's a strong belief by Shad Khan and and everybody down there, I believe this now, that they feel like getting downtown started development-wise before the stadium and going in that order is important, uh, rather than vice versa. Uh, and, And some of that might be because, again, I think there are some NFL pressures here to do to keep building around, right? Make it bigger. Listen, there's a lot of pressure on me. I got Ruth's Chris Steak hanging on the 2028 draft being in mm, Jacksonville. Yeah, Maybe that's the why I, I want to see downtown developed.
2: You, you better start hedging that bet a little bit, man, because right now I'm looking at a nice cowboy ribeye, and uh, mm. it's going to be a pretty big price tag on your side, gonna I think. It's going to be expensive. Yeah, man. And I'm getting all the lobster bisque, too.
1: All right. Uh, are we in an era of great coaches? And could one of them be coming to Jacksonville? We we'll talk about it a little more sports now on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. But if you do want to jump in on lot, Jay, we'll get back to it. And uh 904-362-9901 is the number.
2: Austin Lane. The Rock out of nowhere buys the XFL during a pandemic, mind you, goes half in with his ex-wife. So now you're going to business with your ex-wife. Brent Martineau.
1: I don't know if that's on the business advice list. <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.
2: We're just not good enough. Um, you know, we just, you we don't, we don't, uh, know, obviously chemistry, talent-wise, just everything, and it was clear, um, like I said, these last few games. And um, just you know, from, the, from the beginning of the game, we're just aggressive uh, vet, veteran team, obviously, uh, championship team, and, um, you know, one of the best teams that we have in this league. Um, you know, I love this city. Um, I literally, you know, have done everything that I can, um, you know, I mean, this situation is, is, is crazy. You know, it's something that I don't think can be fixed. So, um, yeah, thanks.
1: That was James Harden last night. Thanks. I'm not taking any more questions. I'm just going <laughs> to give you that unbelievable statement and then walk out the door, which is kind of like uh, what it feels like to me James Harden's doing. Listen, we don't cover the NBA in and out. I'm not in Houston. Uh, the James Harden saga is obviously huge. But my view of this is – I just tweeted it. He's the kid in the neighborhood, and everybody's got this kid in the neighborhood that says, something doesn't go right. I'm taking my ball, and I'm going home. Yeah. And James Harden is that kid. I like, mean, yeah. They, doesn't, they gave the whole damn organization to James Harden. They, I mean, the whole thing was built around him. Mm-hmm. He wasn't clutch enough to get it done. He was very good, but in the playoffs, wasn't clutch enough to get it done. And then it starts falling apart, and he doesn't want to help put it back together. He's, he's out of there. And he basically quit on him. So... I, I mean, am I reading that the wrong way? I mean, I don't want to – I guess I don't want to kill him if, if that's not even close to what happened. Maybe this is all Houston's fault. I'm sure they are to blame in some respect. But I'm telling you, I, I, I'm not even sure if I'm on the organization side. I just think Harden handled this really in a poor way uh, the last couple of months in Houston.
2: Well, you just tweeted it, so there's no going back now. Kuz, what do you think about it?
3: Yeah, I I think – you know, for the most part, Brent's right in the fact that they said this is James Harden's team. I mean, he wanted Westbrook; they yep. went and got Westbrook. He wanted that didn't work, so they wanted they turned else. the whole
2: offense around him. Yeah, like that offense ran through, like you know, they had De'Antoni, Like that offense was built for him.
3: To the point that other players were a little frustrated that he was getting, you know, a, a quote unquote like special treatment. So mm-hmm. you're not wrong there, but also it's a little bit on the Rockets where in the offseason harden's like yo I want out and they're like no nah, you got two more years on your contract like we're going to make this work whether or not it's awkward or not well now we're what 11 games into the season and it is very awkward and they're like yo we got we're trading we're well, done
2: well and listen like that to me is what makes jordan jordan and james harden james harden right because right now you're 3 and 6 in Houston and you're acting like the sky has fallen there is 3 quarters of an NBA season left to play and like you already quit So, like, from a leadership standpoint, like, I get it. There's a lot of great scorers out there. Um, There's a lot of great athletes out there. But there's very few, like, leaders who have that dog in them that want to take on that challenge. And whether the fact that James Harden's exhausted from trying to be that guy or not – to me, it makes you look bad when you say, I'm done. You guys can't help me out. I got to go someplace else. It, it, it doesn't look good from his perspective. Now, he's going to a place in Brooklyn where he's going to have help, where he doesn't necessarily have to be the guy if he doesn't want to be the guy, right? Because KD's there. But I'm just saying – And Irving. Well, well, maybe Irving. Well, well, maybe Irving. well, maybe Irving. We'll get into that in a second. <laughs> but I'm just saying, in the game of basketball where you're trying to be the next Jordan, where you're trying to be the next Kobe – Like, you should embrace the adversity. You should run to that adversity and put it on your back, not, you know, leave and try to run away from it.
1: So big news dropping here. James Harden traded, uh, and it is a litany of picks. And we're going to give you the whole trade. It involves three teams, by the way. And we're not talking about this, but just to give you a news update, this just in, President Trump impeached for a second time. That just happened in the last couple of moments so uh one oh four point five uh FM W O K V CBS forty seven Fox thirty action news jacks for all the latest on that uh we'll we'll hashtag stick to sports on this one.
2: Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean how how deep down the rabbit hole you want to go today, Brent? Yeah. My word. I know. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Actually Kaylee just said she's in the other room and she's like are
1: you talking politics? <laughs>
2: <laughs> we do it all on this show, apparently. Yes, yeah.
1: yes, we are. Yeah. Uh, poor, by the way, of that, same note, like, Steph's tutoring some kids, and I, I think a couple of them are, a lot of them by Zoom now. Sure. But some will come over, and I think there's some here, and I'm sitting here yelling, I'm sure she's like, cringing at the back. These kids probably going home like some guy in the back of their house was just yelling the whole time.
2: These these poor kids are going to go home with their families, talk about Lot J, their thoughts and all that stuff. Nice job, Brent.
1: All right, so here's what I think, if I have the right, there's a lot of people involved in this This is a big deal, yeah. James Harden, three-way deal with Cleveland and uh, Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karis LeVert, Dante Exum, Rodion's Karooks, if I say that correct.
2: I think you nailed it. Uh,
1: four first-round picks. Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Including the Cavs' 2022 first round pick via the Bucks, by the way. Yeah. And four Nets picks
3: swapped to the Rockets. Mm hmm. I mean, I can't even consume all that. And I just read it. <laughs> the, uh, the Nets are all like, this is like, the Nets just love going all in.
1: I mean, this is crazy. Karen Allen, Torian Prince to the Cavs. And, I mean, this is wild. Uh, Oladipo, by the way, goes. To yeah,
3: Houston. oh, I know you. Yeah, so oh, okay. they're they're trading Karis LeVert from the Rockets to the Pacers for Oladipo. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Levert ends up on the Pacers.
1: Oladipo ends up in Houston.
3: Mm-hmm. My
1: gosh, I, I can't even read that. How did they put this thing together?
3: Well, that's what I had the problem was when when it said it was a three when Woj said it was a three, de- uh, three team deal. I was like, well, who's getting what? I just see a bunch of players' names and I don't know who's going where now.
1: Yeah, it's so funny the value of picks in the NBA versus like the NFL. Right? They're sending four first round picks. Brooklyn is. Yeah. Four of them. Mm-hmm. And. And and now this does lead you to the Brooklyn Nets. I understand they have Kevin Durant, but what in the world is going on with Kyrie Irving? Like, did yeah. I see something today on Kyrie Irving? Again, we were working on a lot of different things, and I I, I thought I heard that something to the effect of. They're not sure he even wants to play anymore.
3: Yeah, there is talk about retirement. Yeah.
2: well, so like, f- What is going on with him? Well, first of all, th- this is great news on this trade, because if Urban Meyer doesn't make a decision by tonight or tomorrow, I'm just going to spend the whole day breaking down that trade tomorrow. Like, we're, we're, we're going to go in-depth, <laughs> player by player, who won, who lost. Stay tuned. Urban Meyer, call my bluff and say I won't do it. Anyways, Kyrie Irving, he is like the greatest enigma to me um, in terms of professional sports. Because one minute, I respect the guy, I respect what he does for racial injustice, I respect him speaking out and kind of going down his own road and trying to get guys to go with him, and then the next minute, it's like, you question, like, dude, what what are you doing? Like you got to be a leader. And, like, this has kind of plagued Kyrie's career, right? When when he was in Cleveland, he was this phenomenal player. Well, then it comes out that he had some choices to say about LeBron James. Then he goes to Boston. You think he's going to shine there. He does well, but then doesn't fit in the culture. So they get rid of him. Like, I can't decide if I'm a Kyrie fan or I'm just blown back by all the – I don't call it stupidity, but all just, like, the head-scratching things that he's done in his entire career. So who – like? Is this a good oh,
1: – forget about Kyrie Irving for a moment, although I, don't, I think that's a critical part of it. Brooklyn might be saying, hey, we're not sure about Kyrie, so let's get Harden. And now we have Harden and <laughs> yeah. Durant. Yeah. Um, and by the way, Oklahoma City's saying, like, I remember that. Right. <laughs> and, well, that's what and, I'm saying.
3: Like, how it started, now how it's going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. All they need is Westbrook, and, that is, I and know. it's
1: good. And, and uh, shoot, I mean, this is – it's amazing to me all the – I mean, Brooklyn really selling out right here, right? I mean, and now they already have potentially a guy in, in Kyrie Irving who we can't just figure out. And Harden, well, now hopefully he decides to play, right? I mean, hopefully he's going to be yeah. happy that he's out of Houston and you, yeah. and you get the same. But you've got two guys now that need the basketball, actually three if Irving does play. Uh, is the basketball big enough for those three guys? I know it's a question we ask a lot because of, like, the trio of stars in the NBA. But, I mean, those are three guys now that you really think need the ball in their hands. Maybe a little bit less Durant, but... Irving does, and we know Harden does.
2: Yeah, and then keep this in mind, too, Brent. You have a first-year coach in Steve Nash. Like, the, <laughs> I, I mean, listen, and notice, I mean, I think Steve, Noshe, uh, Steve Nash is a, is a great mind. I mean, I'm not sure what he's bringing to in terms of his basketball IQ in terms of a coach, but I remember watching him play growing up. Like, I mean, I got a lot of respect for that dude as a former player, and I'm sure if anybody can corral those those personalities, those mindsets, it is Steve Nash. But, I don't know man I just feel like you're you're mixing kerosene on one side petroleum on the other side um I don't know I mean once again it's like the ultimate boomer bust type of thing but but the catalyst behind this is Kyrie Irving because you just can't say that you're not – like, he literally just went AWOL and didn't tell anybody about it.
3: Yeah, didn't tell his own coach, which, yeah. which is the part – but again, like, when that first came out, you know, because Kyrie's been very vocal about, like, social injustice. And, of course, and he's, bubble, he's
2: been great with that.
3: And when the bubble was going on, he was like, right, should we even be doing this because it'll distract? So sure. when he first didn't show up for the, the game – and steve nash didn't know about it it was kind of like okay you probably should tell your coach but if this is a social injustice thing then we understand mm-hmm. but then the photo comes out of him at the birthday party without a mask and people are like okay when was this taken and if it was when you were out yeah then what's going on and like he did hop on um uh because nba protocols keeps him out for a few more games now mm-hmm. um i think it was last night they had a game tip off at seven thirty, and there was a um Someone was running for for a political position, was holding a Zoom call for Manhattan, and he jumped on the call. And people, like, noticed he was on the call right before the game was supposed to happen and were like, hey, what's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
2: li- listen. I'm <laughs> <laughs> to the, get the Zoom call in. Yeah. No, forget about that half a million dollar payday to play exactly. today. Exactly. <laughs> and listen, at the end of the day, like, I, I respect the hell out of what Kyrie Irving does for, you know, the social and racial injustices. Right. That's awesome. and And that's great that you take pride in that. But you just can't not tell your teammates or your coach what you're doing. I, and I get it's for a great cause, but still, man, like they have like you're you're still employed by the team. So like you have to like at least be a leader, be someone that people can look up to and let your teammates know what's going on. If you got to miss a certain extended period of time, then so be it. But just don't go AWOL and not tell anybody like who who does that?
1: Is he I just put this on Twitter. And, and again, I, I think this may be a bit harsh, but it reminds me of it. So I'm just being honest. I mean, is he the NBA's Antonio Brown right now? Uh, Oof, where you yeah. just don't know where he's at. He's super talented, but you got to wonder if anybody wants him.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, listen, it's as messed up as it is to say that it, it's not. A, see, like to me, it's so hard to say, Brent, because like the, the guy is so down for great causes, right? And, and that's a part of him, and I respect that part of him. But also, he's got a job to do, and. When you don't tell your employer where you're going to be, well, that's very Antonio Brown-esque. And when we talk about being a distraction and almost being a nuisance to your team and hurting your team, being detrimental to your team, well, that's Antonio Brown-esque. So I agree with you. And I don't like saying it because I, I I love Kyrie's game. I love what he brings to the table. But the way this thing has unfolded now the past, it seems like, a couple years, I would put him in Antonio Brown status for sure.
1: Yeah, Um it's it's a diff, it's a bit different. I understand, but mm-hmm. it's just from we don't. There's not too many guys like Antonio Brown in terms of the talent and how that all ended up. It feels like Kyrie. I don't know if another example on Kuz again. You're locked in driving dish podcast. Check it out by the way with the NBA. I mean, I don't even know of anybody else I'd bring up in that same breath. I mean, Kyrie Irving's starting to feel that way. First of all, you got to be super talented. Secondly, you got to yeah. do some bizarre things. And, and thirdly, it just feels like you're going to have to bounce around a little bit. And I feel like Kyrie Irving might be headed that way.
3: Yeah, I'm trying to think if anybody else kind of pops up. Not not in that caliber. Honestly, James Harden might be the next closest just because of what's going on right now with mm-hmm. uh, with Houston, though he doesn't have, like, a history of it. So maybe this is a one-off thing. He gets what he wants, and now he's I mean, I mean, I mean
2: honestly, man, I have to go back to, like— rodman i guess with this type of behavior yeah, yeah, right I mean, yeah. where we're teams almost gotta like take Kyrie by the hand and be like okay well you know like, we, you gotta do this you gotta do this okay like like that's i think to the point we're at right now and obviously it worked out with rodman and the bulls and and they cultivated that but it's a different era nowadays brent with social media and things like that and everyone's yeah. got an opinion i well, feel like you can't get away with that anymore and,
3: and to that you know that's a big credit to the coach in that situation you know Jackson was kind of helping that so can Steve Nash do
2: that? A first year coach? I don't know man
1: (laughs) yeah we'll see if he can handle it All right, uh, we come back we get back to the Jags coaching search and a conversation about coaches in general it's on the way Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 big news once again James Harden traded to the Brooklyn Nets and and there's a bevy of people involved and teams involved in that uh, from Houston to Brooklyn and also uh, news out of the political world um, in our nation's capital, uh, President Donald Trump has been impeached for a second time. More on that on CBS 47, Fox 30, and 104.5 FM. Hey, welcome back. Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, and a lot happening. James Harden trade, of course. Uh, just talked about that. A lot J-Vote fails here in Jacksonville last night. Uh, we have been talking much about that and love to have you involved. 904-362-9901. The Urban Meyer Watch continues. The next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguar search continues. And we'll get to more on coaching in just a moment. But right now it's time for our Money Minute. Let's bring in our friend Mike Lester from Talent Wealth Management. Uh, good evening, Mike. Hope you're doing well. And give us an update on the market.
4: Hey, good evening. Uh yeah, doing real well. Market's um did uh well, they're pretty flat today, but you know, overall, I think the number one question that uh, at least I'm getting and I think is in a lot of people's minds when it comes to markets and finance is uh you know, this inauguration. Uh gosh, it's all over the news. Have you seen it?
1: Yeah, I I have seen it. Uh no doubt about it. The inauguration coming up next week, and obviously the news just came in uh that President Trump uh, impeached for a second time. That just broke in the last 10 minutes. And so I I would imagine the markets, although it hasn't been too reactionary uh will we see that around inauguration time next week?
4: yeah, I think just a big concern people have, and uh, I don't know that markets are gonna um, react much to uh you know the impeachment. I don't think that um, you know personally, I don't think that the inauguration uh, issue is going to be a big deal, but it, it makes sense that people are worried about it I mean um you know they, they just just all the drama that keeps playing out every one of the sort of twenty four seven news channels is uh you know, airing it and airing it and airing it. And so, so what I'd say is, uh, you yeah, know, take a close look at your portfolio. Maybe it's a 401k. Maybe you're working with a financial advisor. Just understand how it's likely to react to market changes. I, I personally don't think that, um, that the, the inauguration, even, I, first of all, I don't think it's going to go horribly wrong. Um, or there's going to be a whole lot of trouble. But, but even if there was trouble, I mean, wouldn't you want to be sort of prepared and understand? um what's likely to happen? That's what we do through analysis of, uh, your portfolio. Whether it's your 401k, whether it's your IRA, just money you've set, set aside for retirement. Uh, the key is just being prepared. So, uh, and then to have an action plan. So if you're prepared, you're gonna have an action plan, and you're gonna know what to do if things get really rocky.
1: Well, Mike Lester will help you out with that. Appreciate it, Mike. Uh, Money Minute here on Wednesdays on Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690, Talent Wealth Management. And make sure you check out com or you can call Mike at 904-515-5000 and a listening, listen to Guarding Your Nest Egg uh, on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday morning, right here on ESPN 690. Mike, appreciate your time. Have a great night. You too. Thank you. That's Mike Lester from Talent Wealth Management. And uh, no doubt, everybody keeping an eye on the markets and, and the way they have been. So uh, if you are closer and closer to retirement or just have questions about the market, uh, Go give uh, Mike Lester a call at Talon Wealth Management, 904-515-5000 or visit com. Brent Morton here, Austin Lane, back in the Action Sports Jack studios. Once again, all quiet on the Urban Meyer front as of right now. Uh, we continue to watch, and, and not just the Urban Meyer front, the coaching front. Yeah. Are you? Let me ask you this, because we're going to go to a break here soon. It's more latte discussion uh, potentially uh, on the way. And, and if you have thoughts, I know some folks getting out of work uh, will reset that talk uh, and also the Urban Meyer talk coming up in the final hour of the show. But we have been inviting phone calls, 904-362-9901, if you want to comment um, on what has been a pretty emotional topic over the last 24 hours. But we've had great discussion on it early part of the show today. Uh, but on the coaching front, the one name that I guess I'm a little surprised we haven't heard about from a Jags point of view and however this lands, this this whole process, they might not talk to Brian Dable. Yeah, that's from the crazy Bills. to me.
2: is that is that surprising? Very surprising because he was actually like he was number two on my list. Um, it was Biennemi number one, and then it was like two A two B between Dable and then uh, Urban Meyer. So I, I am extremely surprised because if you look at the resume. You look at where he's come from, right? Spent some time in Alabama. uh, Obviously won a championship there, a very winning tradition in Alabama. Spent some time in New England. Knows what that culture is all about. And if you watch the development of Josh Allen, this this kid from Wyoming where people were kind of hot and cold on, and you watch how he's been able to, number one, Increase the confidence of Josh Allen, but also put pieces around Josh Allen to be successful, whether it's the offense or getting guys like um, Diggs, he's done a great job in developing a very young quarterback. And when you talk about Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, who could be the quote unquote savior of the city, the fact that you wouldn't even give Brian dabble like a, a chance or just even an interview um is kind of crazy to me so now whether that's the case of he's in the playoffs and whatever but i feel like if you're truly interested in that type of dude you do whatever you can to interview him
1: well the only guy they did arthur smith was on sunday and of course he yeah. had to wait after that wild card game but they could have done a similar thing with dabble and and again i always warn that just because a national guy hasn't connected or none of us have reported it doesn't mean it didn't happen I mean, there weren't any inquiries or anything like that. I've had a feeling where people know where the dots are connected. The Jags, maybe they just want to do a handful of, of interviews, and maybe they thought potentially that Dable could be connected to Houston or somewhere else, or or maybe the shine on Dable isn't internally as much as it is externally.
2: I don't. Uh, know.
1: <sighs> but I will yeah. say this: here's what I liked about Dable. Okay, as you watch the games unfold over the weekend, and, and of course, the Josh Allen thing is is certainly right on the money. But how he's utilized Stefan Diggs as well, right? I mean, oh, they go get him, doubt. and they make sure he's a focal point of the offense. But what I liked, and you, you compare it to the Colts and even, I think it was the Titans, I want to say, over the weekend, they they, they want to run the ball. They want to play some physical but they style. And so down near the goal line, I believe those guys, Colts and Titans, it was handoff on first down and, and goal from the nine. And... And if you look at the Bills, what they did, it was like they had a first and goal from, like, the six. Mm -hmm. And they would play action. And then, of course, they had the great play, right, where it was uh, uh, Josh Allen, and I think he hit Dawson Knox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that play, to me, was still a little peculiar. Like, I don't know if it was the design jump pass. I don't know if it was improvisation, uh, because he almost got tackled on the play. But I just thought there was more creativity down in the red area, where things get scrunched up and you often get turned away for a field goal. Than it was with some of the other teams And I really like that about Dave He was aggressive
2: Exactly And and listen When we talk about the Buffalo Bills You talk about McDermott What he brought Like they always had that identity They're going to play good defense And run the football and pass second all of a sudden, Dable comes in and completely flips the script. You get Josh Allen, and then keep in mind, you take a chance on Stefan Diggs, right? Because he wasn't working out in Minnesota, didn't get along with Mike Zimmer. One could wonder, was it a really good investment? Well, obviously, it was not spades, but Dable took a chance on him. That team took a chance on him to increase Josh Allen's productivity, and I want to see the same thing happen with Trevor Lawrence. So I'm very surprised they haven't interviewed him.
1: Yeah, uh, me too. I'm just, I'm a little surprised there isn't more of a link. And and quite frankly, I'm not sure the link is all over the rest of the other vacancies as well. I think his name is of interest, but I'm not sure it's going to be a slam dunk he ends up somewhere. There was some thought today that Eric Biennemi might not get a coaching job this cycle. Uh, We'll give you an update on some of the other uh, coaching vacancies and the Jaguars. What's the latest with Urban Meyer? It's coming up. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly
1: to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.